It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm Francie. Great to have you here today. And I'm also joined by our friends here. We've got Jordan, Max, and Kyle from Out of Spec, and Jose back again from Rivian Tracker. And sometimes on the podcast, we cover breaking EV news, interesting topics in the technology, and sometimes we cover major EV debates of the world. So the question we're posing here today is one that was sparked by Jose here, actually. And you put up a tweet, and I'm actually going to read it and then ask you about your experience. But you said, just witnessed a person remove the DCFC cable from another EV that just completed charging and the owner isn't here. I ponder this question to you, internet. What's proper etiquette when an EV is completed charging and the owner isn't around? So, Jose, I want to start by you explaining kind of what happened, what you saw, and um, what led you to to tweet this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me once, uh, once more uh, again on the show. Um, so I was, so this is an Electrify America charger that's located at a Costco nearby. Uh, it's pretty recently opened and, um, it was pretty full. So I was there charging and, uh, the spot next to me, the charger there, um, to no one's surprise was not functioning. Uh, and on the Electrify America app, it showed as down. So, um, it is what it is. Um, once the spot freed up, I parked and uh, noticed that nobody was at their cars. Right, there was a bunch of cars charging a Polestar, uh, an Ionic Five, what, whatever. Uh, but but no one was at their cars. I think I was the only one sitting in my car. And I mean, it makes sense, right? You're at Costco. It's literally there. Like it's a two minute walk to the Costco front door, so uh, it's right there. Which is a whole other debate about whether this is the right type of charger to put on a Costco. Um, and so. Uh, uh, as I'm there, uh, I see this BMW pop up, 
and uh, they pulled into the charger spot that that's, that's not working. Uh, and I mean, at this point, the screen is offline, so they kind of notice it's not working. And I noticed that just a few seconds before that the Ionic 5 that was parked, you know, one more spot over had completed charging, right? On the EA screen, it showed that the car had finished charging. So as I'm sitting there, I watched this guy pull into the broken EA spot and, um, and, and tr- grab the charger out of the Ionic 5. Um, and so clearly he noticed also that the car had finished charging, grabs the charger, realizes that it doesn't reach, so he gets back in his car, maneuvers to get even closer to Ionic 5, really, really close, and was able to plug in. So then I'm sitting there and I'm wondering this, and, I'm, and I, I've seen this a few times before, but, but, you know, in my thought, I'm like, huh. Like, what is the proper, like, thought process behind this? Like, I don't know if I would feel comfortable just going up to someone's car and unplugging a charger to use it, right? But at the same time, I don't know what this person's situation was like, right? Did they show up there with 0%? Did they have plenty uh, of of state of charge battery? I I don't really know the answer to those questions. And I'm wondering, you know, so, so I decided to go, okay, let's go internet. Let's see. The internet always has lots of opinions and thoughts. Let's ask the internet how they feel about this. Hey, you know, what do y'all feel is the proper etiquette in terms of going up to someone's vehicle that's not yours, taking the plug out, uh, assuming that the vehicle had finished charging, and plugging in your vehicle? Now, to, to kind of add on to that, I was hanging out there long enough to see both owners come back out. Um, and the Ionic 5 owner did seem a little annoyed that his car had been unplugged. Um, he, he kind of like went up to the charger and was like raising his hands around, blah, blah, blah. So, and then he left. Um, and then the BMW owner came out and, you know, they wrapped up and, and whatnot. So they never met, but, uh, but I, but the Ionic five owner was definitely not pleased with the fact that somebody probably went and touched his car or, or whatnot. So now I ponder out of spec question to you guys here is like, what is the proper etiquette? Because I myself am very divided about this. Uh, I think that that's interesting to watch. I wonder what would have happened if the owners ran into each other, you know, like how upset they would be, how, you know, if they try to meet each other, where each other are, if they've done some inner work to make sure that they come peacefully to that situation. But I think when it comes to someone touching your your car and maybe your prized possession or something that's very important to you, I think that it can get a bit sticky. So I'd, I'd love to kind of pass it around, but I do want to preface it with my thoughts. So I think... I don't know. It's not very cut and dry. I think it can depend on if you're at 100% or not. I'm sure people might, you know, maybe think about doing this, whether or not the other person is done charging. If it's level two, if it's DCFC, if it's at a park, if it's at a hotel, if it's at a grocery store, you know, I think these all play into it. And also, of course, there's the technical barriers. You might want to unplug it, but is it locked? Um, So I think that I don't know. Um, I, I want to pass it off to you. Consider the different scenarios that you might run into, but maybe maybe we'll start with Max. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, so first off, Francie, you mentioned this, but there's the possibility that the CCS cable is locked. Now, the way Electrify America runs their network, I believe at any time on the dispenser, you could just stop the charging session if the vehicle hadn't finished charging and then unlock that session. But, oh, you 
I believe. So you can I stop the charging session anytime. Like in Europe, a lot of the stations require the RFID card to stop charging, which is great because right now anyone can just run up to any EA site and just go stop, 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 which would be yeah. really hilarious from a gas car owner perspective. I would never recommend anyone yeah. to do that. That would piss a lot of people off. But you could. And like that to me is a major security, like a yeah. you know, infrastructure break. But of yeah. uh, cars like Volkswagen ID4 and others will keep the charge port locked in the vehicle until you either hit the charge port unlock button or on the key fob. Like I think Volkswagens, you need to physically click unlock on the key. So not every car will just release it. Understood. Okay. So yeah, I agree with Kyle here that I think like on EA's end, there has to be some kind of more secure mechanism to just prevent people from at the very least trolling people and if not unplugging their vehicle, stopping their charge early or even doing it by accident because a lot of these people at Electrify America stations are newer users. They may not know what they're doing. They see two cables. They think, let me plug one into my car and stop whatever that's going on here. Uh, So that's one thing they need to do. Another thing is, you know, if we subscribe to this theory that people are best motivated to do the right thing whenever they're economically harmed by doing the wrong thing, then EA needs to impose what's called idle fees. Tesla does this aggressively. Electrify America has started doing it, but they're not doing it universally yet. And I'm guessing this site wasn't doing that, but basically someone can get a notification on their phone from Electrify America or from their vehicle app when their vehicle stops charging. Not everyone's super clued into their phone and evidently pays attention to those notifications, but I think there's a much higher chance people would if they were billed pretty aggressively for, let's say, every minute you just set set their idle. Like in this situation, unplugging their vehicle didn't really benefit anyone because they're still stuck in that parking space. The cable is not really long enough to reach and charge another car. But Max, on the topic point. of should you unplug, assuming they've completed charging, we are all, you know, when we're at an EA station, I'm looking at all the screens, I'm watching every ID4 owner go up to 100%, I'm doing all these things. But then once they complete, uh, what do you do if you're just sitting there? What would you do, Max? Uh, I would not touch someone uh someone's vehicle and kind of be that i'm just not a very confrontational person and i like you're saying francie sometimes people baby their vehicles they're like oh i don't want to get my paint scratched or anything that said anytime you take your vehicle out in public you are risking shopping carts hitting at other people's doors that's just a reality especially walmart parking lots (laughs) yeah unless you have a cyber truck you're not going to be immune to that uh but i think that people uh should uh, I, 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 don't, I think it's in the wrong to unplug here because it didn't really benefit anybody. Maybe it sent some kind of a signal, but really I think this is best regulated at an individual level by just punishing people with really high idle fees. And hey, if they even frequently do it, like un- unenlist them from the network so their vehicle ID can't charge. I don't know. There's a lot of measures you could take, but I think that like, I, I think it's antisocial and just downright, you know, like maybe illegal to just do this as someone's car. Um, yeah, I don't like it. Interesting. Say, uh, very, uh, sorry, we're, we're all going. Go ahead, Jose. No, no I was going to say quickly. So this this location does have idle fees after 10 minutes. So you get a 10 minute grace period. This person would have absolutely been hit with idle fees because it was way past 10 minutes that they were there. Um, so I guess you could say this BMW owner saved him idle fees. I mean, if you want to play devil's advocate in that scenario. Yes, but also you're fundamental. Like, I feel like it's better if they get hit with idle fees because then they won't. I agree. I agree. But I get where you're coming from, Jose. It is a very complicated situation. So I'm curious to hear what everyone else thinks. Yeah. Jordan, what do you think? What would you do? 
maybe before Jordan goes, I'm sorry to interrupt, but the other, I just, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here because I'll share my That's opinions the at the end. Um, but Max, you're not touching their car. You're touching the handle, which is a publicly accessible CCS handle in this case. I'm not inter. I'm not interacting with the car in any way. I did not physically. You know, I'm just saying Mm-mm. that's one argument. That's the, like right, I'm not Kyle? touching you. I'm not touching you. But in practicality, <laughs> we all know how heavy CCS cables are, and the chance of you just making contact with some paint or something or their charge door, depending on how it's designed in the vehicle, I think is pretty high. Yeah. Look, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just reading our comments ahead of people plugging away. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think the the grace period, I, I, I don't know, I see a lot of different aspects of this, but like giving them like a five minute grace period, whether or not that means idle fees, I would almost be like, okay, it's 100% charged to full, no longer charging, they're blocking a stall. Um, I know this happens a lot with level two chargers, even at um, <clears throat> one of the offices I work at, there's a charge point that there's a leaf every pretty much every day that's sitting there at 100% having already finished. So a lot of people just end up unplugging him, and he seems fine with it. Um, Someone in the comments were like, oh, just write a note. And I was like, well, that's kind of a nice gesture, I suppose. But I I feel like I would appreciate someone unplugging me. It's just hard sometimes if it's a fast, a DC fast charger and they charge faster than you expected. And you're like, Oh crap, I'm checking out in Walmart and I can't get back to my car in time. If someone else unplugged me and took the cable, I'd be fine with it. But I get why a lot of people would be stressed out. It's their property. Um, Granted, like Kyle said, if you're pulling on the cable and not touching their car, you're not touching their property, but then you might want to touch their charge door and some people have powered charge ports. Some people have manual ones and maybe someone who had a manual one assumed someone else did. So they try to close a power one and break it. And you know, there's so many things that can happen. Um, and again, this is not a very common occurrence, but I think it's fun to argue about. And I don't really know, like Francie said, I don't know if there's like a really right or wrong cut and dry thing. It's somewhat situation dependent, but mm-hmm. bottom line, having intense idle fees, would help and I guess a short grace period because it's if they're DC fast chargers, you're potentially taking a lot of valuable charging time from someone. Whereas a level two, if it's like, okay, you came out 10 minutes later, what did that rob me of? Like uh kilowatt hour? I mean, yeah, I, I think mean- this is something to consider. Sorry, Jose. Uh, but like, you know, what you saw was DC fast charging experience. But I don't know, Jordan. I think level two might be if I'm charging overnight, I mean, there's different places we can be. I can be in my parking garage. And if I'm charging overnight, you know, and I need to have enough to get to work tomorrow morning, I really probably would have a problem with you unplugging my EV. But then it also comes to, we're talking about DC fast charging, idle fees. This is paid charging. So I'd love to put in the minds of y'all level two charging, but also free charging. What if someone's at a free charger and you walk up 100% or that's you charging at a free charger? Does that change the experience? Does that change your opinion? I mean, there were plenty of, uh, of Volkswagen group vehicles that were charging uh, this EA charger for free and you, and they had their, they had their state of charge set to hundred, right? You could see it on the EA screen. Um, so this obviously was not right. This is an Ionic five. They were paying for their charging state session. Um, actually, I and think I'll say that two, comes with free charging, Jose. Oh, Ionic five has, oh, has free charging. Yeah. Oh, well, but okay. Fair enough. But it did reach a hundred percent state of charge. So like, I, I don't, I guess I don't know, you yeah. know what, what, yeah. I mean, it goes back to where I will say like in this specific example, right. That I saw, 
obviously there was one down station. So that means there was an available parking space to park in without blocking somebody's car, right? And take the, take the, the charger. Um, these units specifically only had one cable per cabinet. So they weren't the dual CCS ones. Um, and, but I have seen, I had many people respond on Twitter saying, I have had people block me at a station, like park in front of me, take a cable and leave and then come back. And then I come back and I'm like, how do I get out of this parking spot? So, um, yeah, it could get worse. Oh yeah. That's, that's definitely, I don't think you can ever justify blocking someone into a charger spot. That's changing the game and being definitely pretty inconsiderate of the people around you. Kyle, you're smiling there. Do you have some ideas? I have a lot of thoughts on this. It's something that I've been thinking about for years as someone who's been driving EVs for years and years and years. This has been a topic since the early days. And if we go back to the early days before DC fast charging was even really a thing and everyone who owned an EV was an enthusiast and you kind of knew everyone in the area was around, you know, like if I was staying at a hotel and then, you know, like my buddy Jim was bringing his Model S, I'd be like, oh, when mine's done, just unplug my car or I'd even leave a note, something like that, um, you know, and and especially the, the other way around, which is there used to be very limited infrastructure. So I used to park my car at like an old I-3 um, next to a, a charging station as an example. And I would just leave my, my port open hoping that when that person was done, they would then plug it into my car as a signal. I think those days are long gone. I think, um, you know, we're getting into the general public uh, driving EVs. Certainly we've reached that inflection point where it's just normal people driving electric cars. And um, in, in this particular case, I would not have unplugged the Ionic 5. In fact, I would never go up and unplug someone's car anymore. Uh, previously, you know, if I knew the person, again, we used to know all the EV drivers, you know, and, and the other, to Francie's point, like on level two charging at a hotel, the way I road trip is I set my cars to complete charging just before I leave in the morning, which means that the charger may show that it's not charging in the moment, but an hour or two or three later, it may kick on charging. So I can basically have a warm battery when I'm ready to leave in the morning, especially in the winter time and to reduce the amount of time my car sits at a hundred percent. Um, mm-hmm. you know, level two stations also don't communicate state of charge. So you don't have that there in the DC charging case. Um, the, I have seen cases, especially in Chicago recently where someone left a leaf in a charger for three days. I mean, like, what do you do at that point? I think they're <laughs> my recommendation and gut feeling at this point is to not mess with anyone else's car. They might be blocking critical infrastructure, but you just, you know, you take the L. If someone's blocking the spot, my recommendation, don't touch their car, don't have the confrontation, go find another charger, complain online about it. Um, but, you know, the, the inner Kyle in me is like, I'm going to take my Rivian and hook up a toe strap and rip this guy out of the parking spot. And, you know, that's that's what I want to do. Uh, but I, of course, wouldn't. Of course, partially because we're on YouTube and then that would be a bad article, which is like the out of spec guys, you know, destroy this person's car. Maybe if I wasn't on YouTube, I'd have a little bit more redneck mentality about this. Um, so I think there's also, you know, an image we need to we're, we're one of the community. We're not here to damage people's things. Just being fully transparent. Um, but yeah, I would never go up and, and unplug someone's vehicle. One piece Matt. to also mm-hmm. think about is, <clears throat> so 
in one hand, you're saving them potentially from idle fees. But another comment reminded me that sometimes there's different tickets associated with parking there and not being plugged in. And so one guy was like, oh, I switched it from their car and plugged into my car. And then they came back to a parking ticket because they were parked somewhere without charging, which sometimes the ticket is because you're not plugged in. Like even if you're plugged in and not charging, they're not going to know because they're just giving tickets and not maybe an electric enthusiast. But that was another component or a piece to the puzzle. And again, every situation is so different. So every situation has its own puzzle. Um, but I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, definitely. You can just generally make the situation better in several ways. One, like, let's think about obviously, it's a different model, but someone's at a gas pump. Typically, people are attending their cars then. Nonetheless, fights happen, stuff goes down. When stuff does go down, what do you do to resolve it? Well, typically, there's someone in the mini mart there or some attendant, right? And I think a big issue is a lot of these DC sites have no attendants. It's like, oh, self-policed, whatever. We'll have whatever response time we do. And that may take days. So people have to basically resolve things among themselves. And I think that's just non-ideal. It's messy. Uh, additionally, like Jordan was hinting at this earlier, but right, we have, especially in the U.S., this model of either like really rapid DC chargers, or typically, I think what a lot of us are used to, pretty slow, like three to six kilowatt charging, not entirely charge points fault, but they're a big part of this, but a lot of, let's just say, slow level two chargers. We have no concept in the US really of an in-between, and I think we really should more, especially like Jose in this case at a Costco site. I would love to see at a minimum, let's think maybe like uh, again, I don't know the electrical grid too well, but if we could have the three-phase style, like 20 kilowatt chargers they have in Europe, I think that would just be a more ideal like speed and time relationship where someone could comfortably shop for an hour or two and not worry about filling up their vehicle or just slower DC fast chargers. I mean, they exist. They take let, they're less expensive to install. I'm talking about like 50 kilowatt chargers. I think those actually have a place and we focus too much on like, putting high-speed chargers there or nothing at all. And I think we just need a better in-between to kind of uh, hopefully have less of these situations that just drive up tension. And at the sites that are high-speed that you do have, uh, some kind of attendance or some kind of response so that like you can tow the leaf driver, whoever you need to, if, uh, if that's called for, and you don't need to have these fights break out between people because it's just not ideal to have these stations completely unattended. Yeah, sure. So, I had uh, a, somebody somebody commented and said, "Oh, uh, this is no different than when you go to a gas station and you're pumping gas, and you go inside the mini mart and you leave your car out pumping gas." I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's the same kind of scenario. I think that's very different. I mean, I can see the resemblance, but that's also you're not going to be in the bath, you're not going to be inside the mini mart for you know, an hour or whatever it is. Um, and I and I think Max, I agree with you. I think this goes back in this scenario specifically it is the type, the wrong type of charger at the wrong type of location, right? I don't think so this is designed for this is, this is a problem that is solved in two ways. One is customer education, and two is more infrastructure. If you got 90 spots and one dude's clogging one, what do you care? Yeah, whatever. Right. Uh, so like when you roll up to a Tesla supercharging station, the one thing I kind of think Tesla got right here by not putting screens on the chargers and everything is you don't know what anyone else is at. I mean, yeah, I as a nerd, I'm looking at the Tesla thing flashing, but when the car locks, that light 
after a period of time shuts off. You have no idea if they're taking 200 kilowatts or zero and clogging it. And to me, that reduces a lot of this frustration that the customers are seeing, uh, you know, visiting these charging locations. So the one way to solve this is having the correct charging hardware at the correct type of locations. And I'm going to tell you from knowing people in the industry, that's not going to happen. And the other way to have it is by having more charging infrastructure in more places. I can tell you that's roughly going to happen, but not as quickly as we want. And then there's the customer education component. And that's really not going to happen because you got all these Hertz rental people, whatever, all this crap of just normal people driving EVs. And should they know all this etiquette and intricacy and things? And and we should have enough infrastructure where it's not a problem to leave your car at a charger. So what I'm trying to say is there will be no solution to this in the near term. This is a problem we are going to be seeing a lot more. We've already been seeing it a ton. We've been seeing fights breaking out at charge. I hate to go down this path, but someone was murdered at a charging station here in Denver. No joke, at a Tesla supercharger. Over, I'm not sure exactly, but I believe it was Tesla on Tesla issue. So these are serious problems. There is no there is no real solution. And all we can do is recommend our audience to say, you know what, even if you have to wait a little bit more, there's nothing more frustrating than waiting in line to charge when some idiot has left their car on the charger at 100%. The prudent, the reasonable thing to do is just wait. Maybe you have a, a conversation with that person as long as they don't seem confrontational. If they're open to learning, maybe you can be like, hey, just so you know, you left your car there for 30 minutes while we're all waiting. Next time, it'd be really great if you can just, when you're done, you know, just move it so we can all charge. You know, it's the same thing we would do for you as an EV driver. And if they're like, ah, F you, uh, well, you just end it there and you just walk away and hopefully nothing uh, would happen. I would never encourage our audience to, to try and do anything crazy, nor would I attempt to do anything crazy. And I have sat for hours in a place where I can get my Rivian over to a charger when people were just icing or, uh, you know, EV holing, whatever you want to call it, keeping the charger plugged into their car. My, our recommendation is be patient. This is part of the problem of driving electric in urban environments. And uh, it's not going to get better. I hate to say it, but it's only going to get worse in the near term. Mm-hmm. I think the responsibility doesn't necessarily lie on the EV driver at the charger uh, to solve this problem. But like you said, the the big fixes, I think, are very long-term expensive fixes, and the current ones are a bit of Band-Aid. So whether it's a hotel saying, register at the front desk, or you leaving a note on your car and saying, you know, someone left a note on their car that um, someone on Twitter actually shared, Anthony C. And it even says that, like, sorry, I fell asleep with putting my two-year-old to bed, but BMWs keep the plug locked until 100%. After that, you can unplug it. This kind of initiative, but should it fall on us? Probably not. Does it? Remove myself from the stage. I guess sometimes, but uh, <laughs> uh, you definitely don't be confrontational at chargers, I would say. you know, Keep it easy and keep it chill. And hopefully we can solve this problem in the future, but it's a debate. I'd love to know what our our audience thinks as well. I mean, have you experienced being unplugged? How did that make you feel? And then have you ever unplugged anyone? What 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 was going on in your head? Just curious, you know, what's yeah, going on things, there? Things have changed. I think like Kyle said, the enthusiasts used to be the only ones with EVs. And so we were all just, you know, camaraderie. And now it's a huge wide margin of enthusiasm and knowledge. And we'll all... It, it's going to work itself out eventually, um, hopefully more with active than passive action. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a long 
long debate. And that's why I think it's fun to keep the conversation going. Um, you mm-hmm. know, some people have more dramatic, like some guy commented on Jose's post. If the car is completed charging and the owner does not appear in five minutes, you can light the car on fire. There's like that direction. And then there's the other one that's like, just wait and be patient. And <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I do. I do like the, the thing though, Kyle mentioned of like Tesla's not really showing what's happening because mm-hmm. that does probably alleviate quite a bit of the frustration because for all you know they're using their valuable charging right then and there. And Jordan to your point like if you are okay being unplugged which I would say there's very minority of EV drivers that are okay if so and these would be the enthusiasts me if my car's sitting there at 100% unplug same, the damn thing same. right but but leave a note so, you know, put a note on the window, do something. Even in Francie's VinFast, you can customize the message on the screen for dog mode. It could be That's like, true. hey, loser, unplug me <laughs> if I'm done or whatever. Or I don't know. So, maybe we make some out of spec bumper decals no. that say, if I'm <laughs> at 100%, Kyle said you can There's plenty me. of those on Etsy. If you want to go on Etsy, there's plenty of those out there. Yeah, People make not, them. Let's not add to that mess. But, but yeah, I think. <laughs> Leave a note if it's a real rare case. I can I can't count on one hand in the last five or even seven years of EV driving how many times I've been okay with someone unplugging me. It's an ex- extremely rare scenario, but it does happen, especially at hotels. Like if I'm there for a couple of days or whatever, and like mm-hmm. my car's plugged in, but like I had to leave or whatever, I'll just leave a note that says you know. But but that's yeah. assuming I'm accounting for someone unplugging it yeah. before something. Yes. I don't know. Definitely a note would be helpful. Um, and I think it's an interesting discussion and debate and thought-provoking question that you have posed here, Jose. So thank you for sparking this again within our team and uh, coming onto the podcast to help us help us chat it out. I think we're kind of all aligned, though. Mm, don't do it. <laughs> the, the solving it is up to us maybe continuing to advocate for, as EV drivers, what we want to see when we are charging and um, also encouraging our neighbors to be cool. Thank you, audience and everyone, Max, Jordan, Kyle, Jose, for joining me today on the Out of Spec podcast to talk about this. Let us know your thoughts in the comments, of course, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Hopefully no one upset you, upsets you at an EV charger. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.